Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Jump to verse 6. So the captain came to Jonah and said to them, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for what cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lots fell on Jonah. They said to him, Please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon you and what is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and what are your people? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. They said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may calm for us? Then he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know this great tempest is because of me. Jump to 15. So they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried out, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surround me. All your billows and your waves pass over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The water surrounds me, even to my soul. The deep closed over me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings, the foundation of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple." God told Jonah to arise and go to Nineveh, but instead Jonah arose and went to Tarshish. He was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. For some reason, he felt he could get to Tarshish and he wouldn't hear the voice of the Lord. We all know the story of Jonah. Nineveh repents and God relents. And Jonah was really angry. And God said to Jonah, is it right to be angry? That's in chapter 4, verse 9. He said, yes, it's right for me to be angry, even to death. Why was Jonah so angry? Why did Jonah flee to Tarshish? He tells us, For I know you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. That's in chapter 4. See, Jonah believes the Ninevites, they're so wicked and evil, they shouldn't be spared for any reason. God's telling Jonah in verse 11, chapter 4, Should I not pity Nineveh, the great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, 
Jonah was still angry because God didn't judge. And I think that in this story, there's a little bit of Jonah in all of us, if we be honest. Many people today are really angry because of the situation that's going on, particularly in the United States. They're angry because of what's happening in the political world, and they want God to come and judge. They want God to come and destroy and expose. But we have to remember that God is merciful and he's gracious. He's slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Many times we don't know why people are doing what they're doing, their motivation, but God does see, he understands. And an aspect of this story is that we also would be compassionate and forgiving. The good news is in chapter three, it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. Many times the Lord comes to us and he asks us to do something and we go into hiding. It may not be a word that we have to go and deliver like Jonah to Nineveh, but it's something he's after in our life. And we're not in a place where we can respond to it at that time. And we go and hide. We don't want to hear it. We want to hide from the presence or even the voice of the Lord. I think when people know that their life is not pleasing to God, they stop attending church services. They stop reading their word. Why? Because they don't want to be convicted. They don't want to hear what the Lord has to say because deep in their heart, they know that the word of God will convict them and prompt them to change. See, God's a loving God. He's abundant in mercy, but he's looking for us like the Ninevites to repent and so that he again can pour out a blessing as we walk in the light of his word. Psalm 103:15. as for man, his days are like grass as a flower of the field. So he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. It's sad to say, but true, that many people have walked with the Lord, and they've turned and walked back. And I believe one of the reasons is they have forgotten. They've forgotten all that the Lord's done for them. They've forgotten his forgiveness and his mercy and his compassion. Israel's history is they forgot as well in Judges 3, 7. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served Baals. Psalm 78, 9, the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders, which he had showed them. First John tells us we're not to love the world or the things in the world. The spirit of the world is not from our heavenly father from above, but it's very seductive and it seduces us at different times in our life and our walk with the Lord. And we get caught up in the pursuits of this world and we have a tendency to forget. Psalm 106, 13, they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. They forgot God, their savior, who had done great things in Egypt. Jeremiah 13, 25, you have forgotten me and trusted in falsehood. Ezekiel 23, 35, you have forgotten me and cast me behind your back. Well, we can look at Israel and say, well, we would never do that. But the truth is we do do that. And I know many over the years that I've known of the Lord that they've gone through seasons where they walked away from the Lord. Not that they were denying him, but that they have forgotten. Hosea 2.13, I will punish her for the days of the bales which she burned incense. She decked herself with earrings and jewelry and went after her lovers. 
but me she forgot, says the Lord. See, the cares of this life are desires for more money. Hosea chapter 8, verse 14, for Israel has forgotten his maker and has built temples. Judah has also multiplied four to five cities, but I will send fire upon his cities and it shall devour his palaces. What's the Lord saying? Don't forget me. Don't just listen and then forget. When we look into the word of God, when we walk away, we have a tendency to forget what kind of person we are and what the Lord has done for us. Second Peter 3.10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in them will be burned up. Therefore, since these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be? Well, we need to be people that are always constantly reminding ourselves of the Lord and meditating and thinking upon the Lord and remembering all the great and wonderful things that he's done for each and every one of us. When I reflect over the years, when I've cried out to the Lord, even like Jonah, when the cares of this world were like weeds wrapping around my neck and I thought I was going down and not coming up, I cried out to the Lord and he rescued me. And he's a rescuer, but he's looking for us to cry out to the Lord. See, Jonah was in that belly of the whale and he cried out to the Lord. And sometimes God fixes a fix in our life that when we walk away from him and we're pursuing other things and we're caught up in the spirit of this world and the pursuits of this life he loves us so much like jonah he'll send something to capture us and confine us in a place that requires us to call and cry out david in psalm 63 verse 6 i remember you on my bed i meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help therefore in the shadow of your wings i will rejoice Joyce, my soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Well, we know David was a man after God's own heart. David always kept the Lord before him. He said, the Lord is constantly at my right hand. David remembered where he came from. He watched the sheep. He was a shepherd boy. And God lifted him up and put him over Jacob, his people, which is Israel. And even as he went through trials and testings in Psalm 77, 10, this is my anguish, my suffering. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your works and talk of your deeds. That psalm is really what I'm trying to communicate in this message, is that we would be a people that would remember. We do have a tendency to forget and get caught up in the day-to-day activities of our life, and we can fall into sorrow and depression and become fearful. And I believe an aspect of that is because we have forgotten the Lord, we have forgotten His Word, we have forgotten His promises. So fear should not be a part of our life. When it does come upon us, we are to remember the Lord and that He would comfort us and deliver us from any spirit of fear that would try to attack or torment us or any spirit of depression. John fifteen twenty, Jesus said, Remember the word that I said to you. See, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my word, they will keep yours also. So the disciples needed to remember that when they were getting rejected or persecuted, that they were or to be taken out by that. They were to say, yes, I remember. Remember what the Lord said, John 16, 4, but these things I told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. 
That's why many times when we're in a hard, difficult place, that's when we do need to draw close to the Lord and close to His Word and look into the Word for His promises, for His hope. It builds our faith, and we remember all the good things that the Lord has done in the past. Each time the Lord has called me to arise and go, it's always difficult. It's always an overcoming. It requires faith and obedience. And times fear has tried to come upon me. But I have to remember and say, Lord, I remember all the past times that you spoke to me, Mark, arise and go, that you were with me all the way. You made provision. You protected me. And these are things that help us to walk forward in faith. Because without faith, we can't please God. So when God speaks to us, we arise and we go in faith and we say, yes, Lord, we'll release that, we'll do that, we'll respond to that. Acts 20, verse 31, Paul speaking, Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. He's calling them back to their remembrance, Jude one seventeen. But you, beloved, remember the words that were spoken to you before by the apostles of the Lord. Revelation 3, three says, Remember, therefore, how you received and heard. Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay his master, commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. Verse 26. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him his debt. Jesus is teaching this story about what his life represents. He came to save us from our sins. He was that perfect lamb that was going to be sacrificed for the remission and the covering of our sins. It's a debt we cannot pay. Going on in the story, verse 28, but that servant went out and found one of his servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So this fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Verse 30, And he would not, but went, had him thrown into prison till he should pay the debt. So his fellow servants saw what had been done, and they were grieved, and came and told the master all that had been done. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. Well, 10,000 talents, it's like $10 million. That's how much he was forgiven. But he went to his fellow servant and started choking him for like a hundred bucks. See, his master was moved with compassion and released and forgave him the debt. The guy who owed him money said the same thing he said to his master, but he wouldn't. We know what this story is about. This story is about forgiveness. This story is about, it. first of all, a debt we cannot pay. We have no way to be delivered of our sins other than the Lord Jesus paying that debt. But what the Lord is getting at is he's getting at the fact that we have to remember. We have to remember what the Lord has done. What's scary about this is that there is a reversal of forgiveness of his debt. 
See, it was reinstated. Why? Because he forgot what the Lord had done for him. He did not have compassion and mercy. Really, that's why Jonah was angry. Jonah didn't want God to forgive the Ninevites. And a lot of times we have people that have done things to us, hurt us, you know, could be a thousand different things that have happened. But the Lord said, I have forgiven you this great debt. Ought you to forgive one another? Remember, Peter said, Lord, how many times should we forgive our brother? And he multiplied it, you know, 70 times seven. I think, you know, blew Peter's hair back. He's like, what? But the Lord, referring to the woman caught in adultery in Luke 7, he says, therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. That's such a beautiful picture of the forgiveness of Christ. And we have to remember where we came from, like David King David remembered where he came from. He came from the sheepfold, you know, just being a little shepherd. In Matthew 6, 12, the Lord is teaching his disciples how to pray. He says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Matthew 6, 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. We need to remember all that the Lord has forgiven us of. We need to remember all that the Lord has done. That'll cause us to be a forgiving people, a more compassionate, caring, merciful people of God. You know, the word says they'll know we're Christians by our love one for another. Well, we haven't arrived at that. You know, we're we're working towards that as a the body of Christ. But I believe this is an aspect of it that we recognize where we came from, what the Lord has done for us. And I have struggled forgiving people that have really caused me harm in my life. But the only way that I overcame and released that person and forgave them was because I remembered. You know, unforgiveness, and maybe you've heard the story, it's like drinking poison, hoping that that will kill the person you haven't forgiven. I'm saying that we need to remember all that the Lord has done for us, all that the Lord has forgiven us of. We can recount, like Israel, the history of the deliverance from Egypt and from the deliverance from all of the armies that were coming to attack them and how God has protected and kept us. And like Jonah, the waters surrounded me, even to my soul, the deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings, the foundation of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link in the podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.